This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. Genesis chapter 41 uh, this morning is where we will be as we pick back up in our series, No Average Joe. No Average Joe. The title of today's message is simply this, Joseph Promoted. If you remember back three weeks ago and beyond, uh, where we are in the story, Joseph, obviously the favored son of his father. Brothers hated him. He dreams a dream, tells them they're going to bow down and worship him. They don't like that. He comes to the field. They're going to kill him. They don't kill him. They throw him in a pit. But the Lord was with Joseph. Uh, And Joseph was sold into slavery, into Egypt as a slave. He was taken in by a man named Potiphar and eventually, not eventually, pretty much immediately became second in command of the house of Potiphar. Uh, Whenever Potiphar was not there, he was in charge. Potiphar leaves to go away for an extended period of time. Potiphar's wife comes in to Joseph, uh, making advances uh, to him. Joseph rejects her, runs away, leaves his coat with her. She Falsely accuses him of, in 2018, vernacular of sexual assault. That's exactly what he was falsely accused of. And he gets thrown in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph. And Joseph in prison is, uh, is promoted very quickly and rapidly um, in charge. The, the prison warden there uh, trusts him and two men enter into prison. They're thrown into prison by Pharaoh, the baker and the butler. Joseph uh, interprets their dreams. The baker is going to die and he does. And the butler is going to be restored. The cupbearer to the king is going to be restored. And where we left off was Joseph saying, hey, um, when you get out... And you see Pharaoh, would you just remember me? Would you just let him know, hey, there's a Hebrew man that's in prison and it's, it's, there's a, it's a wrongful accusation. Would you just, just remember me? And that we ended with this, this phrase, but he forgot Joseph. Forgotten by man, remembered by God, but forgotten by man. I don't know if you're like me. But sometimes I feel forgotten by man. How many of you understand if we didn't have Facebook, you'd never know when your friends had a birthday? Let's be honest. Like if you didn't have Facebook, you would not be reminded when your, probably when your own family members had birthdays. Let's, let's, let's get real. Let's get real. Probably, I'm going to go here. You'd probably forget your spouse's birthday and possibly your children and your relatives' birthdays if you didn't have... Let's be honest, sometimes we can forget, and even with all the technology that we have, my, I have uh, uh, my Apple calendar on my computer, somehow it's connected to birthdays, and it pops up like random people I haven't seen in years. It's their birthday today, I'm like, I don't care. You know, it's, it's horrible, but, uh, <laughs> but you know what, the truth is, also often, I, I, I've not made this mistake yet, praise Jesus, but forgetting an anniversary, can we have confession? I'm not a priest. Can we have confession time? How many of you in here, let's be honest, look, we're a family. How many of you in here, you are married and you have forgotten, you have forgotten. (laughs) 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 Bro, I had not finished this, Brian, look, he's honest. Twice. Twice. You have forgotten your wife's birthday, anybody? Don't lie. There we go, Bill. Man, look, 
That's what I'm talking about. Hey, listen, honesty is the one time. Lord's like, it only happened once, and it's only going to happen once. Honesty is the first step, Bill. (laughs) Or anniversary. Anybody forgot the anniversary? No? Oh, Brian, that was one of the anniversaries. We got dating couples that have forgotten anniversaries? Was it you or him? Whoa, whoa. Tim, man, hey, you can hold that over her head for the rest of your life, dude. That's great. Never lose that, all right? That's called blackmail. But you know, I felt forgotten. Have you ever been going through a rough time in your life? And remember, when you're going through a rough time in your life, you know all the details because it's happening to you. Everybody else probably doesn't. And you're like, you know what? What? It'd be cool if somebody reached out. It'd be really cool if someone shot a text message. Or someone said, hey, let's go to a movie. Or, hey, let's go hang out. Or, hey, let's go grab a bite to eat. Um, I don't, I, I've been there. I just for, felt forgotten. Joseph is forgotten by man. He's forgotten by the one person, the cupbearer. Joseph didn't save his life. But Joseph was the catalyst into him being restored back into his position. Like of all people, don't forget Joseph. I mean, this dude's the man. He got you restored to your position. But he did. But he did. This morning, we're going to walk through the next steps. What happened after he was forgotten? And Joseph eventually being promoted. Heavenly Father, speak through your word. God, we want to communicate your word to your people. God, remove me from the equation. Remove the words that maybe I could say to dress something up or to make something uh, maybe more palatable than what your word would have it to be. God, I pray that your word would shine through. And God, we would not speak the things that we believe, but the things that you say. And God, that your word reigns supreme here at our church. And God, may it reign supreme today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, our water's good. We're going to jump right in this morning. We're going to jump right in. We want to see some elements in this story, and we're going to bring it all together at the end. That's the way I like to do it. We talk through the story. We bring it all together. That's the way I like to learn. That's the way I like to teach. So that's what we're going to do. Number one, let's see this very quickly, the patience of Joseph. The patience of Joseph. Genesis chapter 41. Look at verse 1. The very first verse, the very first phrase, and it came to pass at the end of two full years and it came to pass at the end of two full years that does not have 2018 written all over it does it two years two years ago joseph interpreted the dream of the cupbearer of the of the butler the butler was restored Now two years, just for us math wizards, that's 24 months. That's 730 days. That's 17,520 hours later. Two years later. And I love just to make it rub it in. Look at what it says. Two full years. Like not a year and change. No, two full years later. We live in a society today that can't handle 
it's going to take two years. We live in a society today that has to have it. In fact, do you remember the commercials back a couple years ago? It's my money and I want it now. Oh, help me out. Help me preach. It's my money and all right, y'all are getting there. In fact, what made those commercials even odd, odder, dumber, um, is that it would be someone opening up a window and shouting out in the street. That was one of them. Like, you're in your house for some reason. You need your money. You open up the window and you yell outside, it's my money and I want it now. And what is that? Those are cash advances. And you know what that is? Those are people that are getting paid this Friday but they can't wait five days. They've got to have it now. And so, but even with a penalty of 30 plus percent on what they're gonna get out, they want their money now. And that's the kind of society that we live in. Hey, there are, there are many people, listen, and this is not financial, I'm not Dave Ramsey, God knows. But there are many people, you can tell them, hey, if you put away X amount of money every month, in 30 years from now, this is what you're going to have. This is where you're going to be 30 years from now. If you would just put this money away and they're, no, I want that money. I want to spend it. I want to do whatever. And I'm not the perfect example of that. And many of you could teach me many things about preparing for, you know, my elder years. But at the end of the day, we live in a society we do not like to wait. Many of us, if, if you said, uh, how many of you like real estate? All right, cool. Okay, here we go. All right, I was about to say, you like real estate? There are many, many of us that would say, listen, I want to just buy that house. And if I can find an investor that'll buy it for $10,000 more, I just want to sell it and get rid of it. As opposed to, I want to rent it out. And over the next 30 years, I'm going to make a huge amount of money. But no, I want that little bit of money right now. That's the way we op often operate. In fact, the way that I worded it as I was thinking through and preparing this message is that we live in a sprint society when we need to live in a marathon society. We live in a sprint. I'm going to go from here to there. Boom. But I'm not going to travel 26.2 miles. I know that because I've, I've done many marathons. Just kidding. <laughs> but we live in a microwave society when we need to value the crock pot. We live in a city society when we need to value country living sometimes. What are you doing today? Well, you know, I'm just going to hang out and enjoy my family. As the great theologian Kenny Chesney said, <laughs> I don't want to be that person. Don't blink. Right? I can't listen to that song. I'll start crying. He's got a couple of them, man. Like, stop talking about my kids leaving my house and getting married, dude. I don't need to hear that mess. But you know, if we're not careful, if we don't slow down and become patient, life is going to pass us by. I'm not trying to be morbid here today, but I'm about to say something. You will never be as young as you are right now. That's the truth. You will never be as young as you are right now. Life goes by. And some of you that are older than me would tell me the older that you get, the faster it goes. And I, I always heard that as like a teenager and as a young adult. And I'm like, whatever. And now I'm like, oh, wait, a school year just passed. And now we're in July. And now we're going to start looking for stu stuff for next school year. And then my daughter's going to be 10. And Lord help us. And I look back and I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. 
You know, we need to, we need to chill sometimes. You know, we need to value. This is what I do every now and then. You need to sit in that seat that you sit at your favorite seat in the house, in the living room, wherever you're watching TV, whatever you're doing, wherever your happy place is. You take a deep breath. You need to look around. Be thankful for what God's given you at that moment in time in your life. Hey, you see your spouse in there, you know, doing whatever, you know, you're cooking or hanging out, doing whatever they enjoy doing, and just value the fact that you're where you're at in life. Patience. Patience. Slow down. God was working in Joseph's life, but he probably wasn't working in Joseph's life on Joseph's timetable. Okay, and so oftentimes God is working in your life and he's working in my life, but he's not working as quickly or on our timetable. God, it's my blessing and I want it now. God, you saw, you said, God, give and it shall be given unto you. Well, I gave. I gave of myself. I gave of my talents. I gave of my money. And you said, give and it was going to be given unto me. And God, I gave and now I got problems. Give back, five, four, three, two, one. And we put God on a timetable when, it, when the truth is that a day is as a thousand years to God. And a thousand years to God is just as a day. And what that means is something that we think ought to, ought to happen immediately in our lifetime may not ever even happen to us until eternity. But you know what it also means? It also means something that we think would take eternity to ever come true in our lives could happen anytime, anytime God wants it to. We live in a God that, that lives, we, we serve a God that lives above time. And when we think about patience and we think about what we need in our lives, we serve a God that lives above time. And let's be patient this morning. Joseph was patient. He didn't put God on a, on a, a time clock, on an alarm clock. We see his patience after two full years. But secondly, this morning, we see the dream of Pharaoh. Let's finish that verse, the very first verse. The dream of Pharaoh, that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And I'm not going to continue all of the uh, verses in this chapter. I will tell you the story. The dream was simply this. There were going to be five healthy, fat cows that were grazing in a pasture. And seven lean, skinny unhealthy cows came and they ate up the healthy cows. The unhealthy cows came, the lean cows, and ate up the fat cows. Uh, the second dream he had in the same night, he awoke again and he had another dream was that seven healthy ears of corn were growing on a stalk. Exactly how they should be. Very healthy, full ears of corn. And then seven thin ears of corn grew up after them and destroyed the seven healthy ears of corn. Um, how many of you, I mean, that's kind of a rule of thumb in nature. You have 11 good apples and you put one bad apple with 11 good apples and eventually that one bad apple makes its way through. It's kind of a, a, a principle of nature. But the seven lean cows devoured the seven fat cows and the seven thin ears of corn grew up and, and devoured the seven healthy ears of corn. And Pharaoh seeks high and low. He looks everywhere he can to find a, a wise man, or the Bible says a, a magician that could come and interpret this dream for Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says, find me someone that can tell me what this means. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. He goes, searches high and low, but no earthly wisdom could be found. 
No one could interpret uh, this dream. Look at verse 24. Pharaoh says this, I told this to the magicians, but no one can tell me what it means. No one can tell me what it means. Look back in verse 15 and 16. It'll be on the screen. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said about you that you can hear a dream and interpret it. The butler remembers, tells Pharaoh, I know someone, I got a guy. I know a guy. (laughs) There's like a Bible joke in there somewhere. But I've, I've got someone for you that can interpret your dream. I've got him. I love what Joseph says in verse 16. He said this before as well. I am not able to, Joseph answered Pharaoh. It is God who will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Pharaoh dreams a dream and needs the dream interpreted. Joseph said, hey, I, can, I can't do it, but I know God can, and he, will, he can use me to help you find out the answer that you need. I love this, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration for us. Heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The truth is this, when all earthly wisdom failed, God's wisdom never fails. When all earthly wisdom failed, they, they searched high and low. They looked for magicians. They looked for wise men. And catch this. Then he looks for Joseph. He's still looking for earthly wisdom. And Joseph points him in a direction. Hey, listen, it's not me. No, it's him. It's not me, it's him. And they're looking for earthly wisdom, but God's wisdom shows up. When we're faced with different, the difficult circumstances and things that are tough to figure out and tough to navigate. You can look at all the earthly earthly remedies you want to. You can Google. You can phone a friend. You remember uh, who wants to be a millionaire? You can phone a friend if you like. In fact, you can search for recommendations on Facebook. You can do whatever you want to, but when earthly wisdom will fail you, God's wisdom will never fail you. God's wisdom will never fail you. And our problem is this. We tend to search in all the earthly locations first. How many of you have ever heard this, man? How many of you, I mean, look, if you speak Christianese, like you've been in church, you speak Christianese a little bit, maybe even you're fluent in Christianese. You've heard people say, hey, when all else fails, there's Jesus. And I understand what they're trying to say. I got a better one. Before all else fails, there's Jesus. Before all else fails. Hey, the first stop should be Jesus. You're having problems with fill in the blank. I don't care what the problems are. Your first stop should be him. If you've been here since we started, you've, you've heard me mention this uh, during our Psalm 23 series. I am not a believer that everything's a spiritual problem. I believe there are medical, physical, uh, psychological, emotional problems that happen in our lives, and we need to get help for those problems down the right channels. So I firmly believe in that. However, I'm just giving you 
I believe a biblical principle, I would start, God, is there anything in my life that's spiritual that's causing this? And the answer may very well be no. But that's where I'd start. Because what I wouldn't want to do in my life is look for all the other things that can fill whatever the need is in my life and going, you know what? I never did stop to think, could this be a spiritual issue in my life? Never thought about that. Instead, let's work the opposite way. Hey, God, this is going on psychologically in my life, physically in my life, emotionally in my life. This is going on mentally in my life. God, is there, is this some sort of problem I'm having spiritually? God, please, I beg you, will you, if it is, will you show it to me? Please, because I want to rid it in my life. Okay, God, I, I, I don't sense that that's what it is. Okay, God, now let's explore every single option. That's the way we do it. It's not when all else fails, try Jesus. No, it's give yourself 100% to Jesus before all else fails. That's the mentality that we must have. We see the patience of Joseph, the dream of Pharaoh. But then thirdly, and I worded this purposefully, the interpretation, not of Joseph, the interpretation of God. Remember, he said, Joseph, I heard you can interpret dreams. And Joseph said, no, I can't. You heard wrong. God can. I can't. The interpretation of God, look at verse 29. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt. After them, seven years of famine will take place and all the abundance in the land of Egypt will be forgotten. The famine will devastate the land. The interpretation of the dream is there's going to be seven years of plenty. Crops are going to be at an all-time high. Things are going to be great. People are going to be making money. Uh, Industry is going to be uh, great. Think about they're in Egypt near the Nile River. There was a lot of trade and things that could happen through there. There was a lot of crops that could grow due to the water there. Everything is going to go great for seven years. But then there's going to be seven years where nothing, literally a famine, nothing will grow. No food will be available for seven years. That's an interpretation that I don't necessarily want to hear. I wouldn't want to hear that. Uh, Seven good years, great, but seven years of famine. If I'm Pharaoh, the leader um, of that nation, and the truth is we'll dive into the details of this and how Joseph prepares for it uh, in the the next week as we we continue down our study. I'm not going to dive into what Joseph does as he's promoted, Um, how he takes care of uh, those seven years, the first seven years, and prepares for the second uh, seven years. But I will say this much. A theme that has seemed to recur over and over again in the life of our church, ever since we first started our church in October and we preached through Psalm 23, there has been a theme that has seemed to constantly come up, and that is this theme. Hills, valleys. Mountaintops, low points. Good, bad, positives and negatives. And what the entire nation and truthfully the entire known part of the Middle Eastern world right there was about to experience was mountaintop, valley. Plenty, food everywhere, famine, food nowhere to be found. We were about to see it take place once again. And by the way, I say this every time, your life is no different. The older that you get, you will look back and you'll say, oh, mountaintop, 
valley. Mountaintop, valley. Mountaintop, valley. But yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. We find our source of our comfort in those valleys, and, and, and we're going to see it as we study that out, as I mentioned, next week. But lastly, this morning, we see the promotion of Joseph, and this will be the last part of kind of teaching through it. And then we're going to give you some practical applications to take with you. Verse 37, the promotion of Joseph, the proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And he said to them, can we find anyone like this, like Joseph, a man who has God's spirit in him? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is none as discerning and wise as you are. Will you be over my house and all my people will obey your commands? Only I as king will be greater than you. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, See, I am placing you over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, clothed him with fine linen garments and placed a gold chain around his neck. He had Joseph ride in his second chariot and the servants called out before him, Make way. So he placed him over all the land of Egypt. He gave Joseph, I mean, he, he gave him the full treatment. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and no one will be able to raise his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt without your permission. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name, we're going to try this, Zaphanath-Paneah, and gave him a wife, Azanath, daughter of Potipharah, priested on, not the same Potiphar, and Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. We see the promotion of Joseph. The same God who allowed Joseph to be thrown into a pit, who allowed Joseph to be thrown into prison unjustly. Remember, he was accused of something none of us would want to be accused of. Just think about that, the, you know, the, the scar he would have the rest of his life. But he's the same God who orchestrated this promotion. And Pharaoh recognized, I love what it says, there in verse 38, Pharaoh recognized God's spirit. I mean, he says, and he said to them, can we find anyone like this, a man who has God's spirit in him? Pharaoh recognized God's spirit in Joseph, and he promoted him in the pagan land of Egypt. Psalm 75, verse 6, exaltation does not come from the east, the west, or the desert. For God is the judge. He brings down one and exalts another. Hey, it's God who will ultimately promote. Uh, Joseph went into Egypt with iron chains around his wrists. Joseph was enslaved, brought into Egypt literally in chains. And, and this passage of scripture tells us that he now ruled in Egypt with gold chains about his neck as second in command. He was literally brought in in chains, but now he'll rule with chains around his neck as Pharaoh, as Pharaoh's second in command. God brought Joseph full circle from being favored at his parents' house to being thrown into the pit by his brothers to Potiphar's house to being falsely accused and thrown in prison to being forgotten and now to Potiphar's, I'm sorry, to Pharaoh's palace. Once again, 
favored in the sight of his father, his new father, Pharaoh, never, ever losing the favor of his heavenly father through all of that. The way that I look at it, the way that I think of Joseph's life can be summarized in this one statement, and that is this. If God has brought you to it, he will be faithful to bring you through it. That's the life of Joseph in a nutshell to me up until this point. If God has brought you to it, then God will be faithful to bring you through it. God will never take you somewhere that he will not lead you through. The way, another way to view this is God will never send you somewhere that his arm of protection cannot reach you. If he takes you to it, he will take you through it. And that's the life of Joseph in a nutshell. Let's practically apply this morning something that we can take home with us uh, so that we, we can take this today, this week, in our homes, in our families. Practical application, some of this is a little bit of review. I actually entitled it in my notes, Review and Application. Number one, value the marathon over the sprint. Value the marathon over the sprint. Slow down, be patient. Don't let life fly by. Slow down. It's all good. Like Greek, in the Greek here, literally means chill. It doesn't, but (laughs) slow down. Hey, everything's going to be okay. Take a deep breath. Breathe. Count to 10. Some of us need to count to 100. Can we do this real quick? Can everybody just not say anything? Don't say anything for just a second. You ready? How long before that gets awkward, right? But you know what? We hate it, right? Silence. See, we had a sneezer. And uh, so that would have have been... But you know what the truth is? Just be quiet every now and then. Just relax. You'll never be as young as you are right now. Don't let life fly by. Enjoy your season. Listen, if you're single, if you're a single adult here today, enjoy your season of singleness. Enjoy it to the max. Can I be straight up with you? If you're single in here, look at me and listen. If you're single, I'm going to be, I, I wish that I was, this wasn't the honest truth. This is the honest truth. There are a lot of married people who wish they were in your shoes. That's just straight up truth. I, I hate to, just being honest. A lot of married people that wish they were in your shoes. Enjoy your season of singleness. Enjoy where God has you. Understand that God could have you there for the rest of your life. And who cares? It's what he may have for you. Paul, the Apostle Paul, greatest missionary and, and, uh, and, and possible Christian ever to live. It's where, that was him. In fact, he said if he got married, it would hinder his, his ministry. And you're married here and you don't have kids? Enjoy your season. Enjoy your sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> enjoy the season of life that you're in. Hey, listen, this is kind of a tough one. If you're like getting to that empty nester stage and Older, enjoy the season of life you're in. Enjoy that. Wherever you are, let's be patient. Hey, Joseph, it took him two full years before God started working in this promotion. Let's just enjoy our season of life. That's not to say that we're complacent, and, and I think you guys understand that. But we need to slow down. 
Secondly, this morning, our second review and application, don't wait for earthly wisdom to fail before seeking the wisdom of God. Don't wait for earthly wisdom to fail before seeking the wisdom of God. That was Pharaoh. Magicians, wise men, Joseph. At the end of the day, it was God. What does the Bible tell us? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. First. There's a whole, that could be, that's going to be a sermon one day just about priorities. We'll get there. I'll, yeah, anyway, we'll get there. The way we preach through the Bible, you're not looking at a pastor to get some nitpick and just preach on whatever he wants to. We'll get there one day. But when we get there, just get ready. I got my gun loaded. Priorities. But seek ye first the, the kingdom of God. Hey, listen, it's not if all else fails, God. No, it's God before all else fails. Every time. And then thirdly, and we're done this morning. Stay on the path God has for you long enough to see the palace of Pharaoh. This has been a long journey. In fact, we learned the first week, it's a journey that has taken 14 years. 14 years of going up and down and life happening. Stay on the path with Jesus long enough to see the good things come in your life. Hey, Joseph, he was probably tempted to do this. Joseph, at what point in time do you just say, forget all this mess? I'm going to forget doing what I'm doing in prison. I'm going to forget trying to, you know, please whoever God puts in my life at that time and please the Lord by serving. I'm going to just forget this mess. I'm wrongfully accused. Here I am in prison. I'm trying to do good. I helped out this guy. I'm forgotten two years. Forget it. But he stayed and he stayed on path. Don't quit. Don't bow out in the pit. Don't bow out in prison. Stay on the path serving Jesus long enough to come full circle. He was favored by his father. Bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. Favored by Pharaoh. Stay on the path. If you're, if you're a skeptic this morning and maybe you, you, have, you struggle with doubts sometimes, let me encourage you this morning, don't let your doubts deter you from staying on the path with God. Stay on the course. Hey, listen, don't give up on that marriage before God wants to bring you full circle and bless that marriage. Don't give up on that job before God wants to bring that job full circle and bless you through that job. Don't give up on that relationship or that friendship before God wants to bring it full circle and bless you. Stay. Continue doing what God has called you to do in whatever season of life that you happened to be in. God saved Joseph's life here by promoting him. And he was doing that in order, so, in order for God to save the lives of many others, including basically an entire nation. Through Joseph, millions of people were going to be saved. And we're going to learn about that in the next week to two weeks. This is simply a foreshadowing of Jesus coming to save entire nations. Simply another foreshadowing of Joseph and Jesus. Joseph and Jesus. And I will not do that to you this morning and go back through all of those that we've said many, many times. But there's so many Joseph and Jesus comparisons. 
But my question to you today is, are you one of those millions that God sent Jesus for? See, God sent Joseph for the millions in that time to save their lives physically. God sent Jesus for the billions over time that would accept him eternally and spiritually. My question is, are you one of the millions that God sent Jesus for? And let me answer that question for you. Yes. Yes. Just in case you're wondering about my theology, some of you will understand this, some of you may not. I full, 100% believe that Jesus came for all. I do not believe that God set up in heaven and said, you and you and you are good, and the rest of you are all, we got some kids in here, you're all darned, um, you're all uh, damned to hell. That's what they think. No, I believe that it's in all. Everyone, every single person is, uh, it, it, Jesus died for every single person. So he did die for you. Could you be one of those millions that Jesus died for? Yes. And my question is this, will you be one of the millions and billions to say yes? Or would you be one of the millions and billions to say no? Because as we close, and I mean it, look at this, we're done. What's about to happen in the story of Joseph is he's about to get all this food ready. And he's going to store it up and be ready for the next seven years. This is what's about to happen. And there's going to be people that are hungry. Like I'm, and when, I don't know about you, hungry tur- turns into hangry very quickly. All right? So they're hungry and they need food. This is what is about to happen. And they need it. And there's one place to find it. You know where that place is? Through the door of Joseph. That's the only place to find it. And you know what? Spiritually, people are walking around starving and they need spiritual food. And that spiritual food can only be found through one door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, Jesus said. Bringing it full circle. Listen, if you're hungry and thirsty today for a relationship with Jesus, you're not going to find it in any other person. Just like they couldn't find food back in this day with any other person but Joseph, you're not going to find spiritual food, living water from Jesus outside of himself, outside of Jesus. You must go through that door. Once you're through that door, he has an amazing life ahead of you. Man, he's got the entire city of Durham right here. But I've got to walk through that door. Man, I, I, you know, I've got, I've got to go through the proper channel to unlock the freedom that I have in Jesus. And if you've never walked through the door of salvation through Jesus Christ alone, I want to invite you to do that today. Could you bow your heads? In fact, Ben, you can stay where you're at. Would you bow your head this morning? This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.com. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.